Welcome to the Front End Nerdery podcast, a podcast about front end development and design and a host of other stuff usually that we don't talk about. So um, my name is Todd Libby. I'm the host, my co-host, Homer Gaines. He's not here today. He might show up later. We might have a Homer sighting today. Who knows? But with me today is the Director of Developer Relations at Ionic a uh, guitar player and builder of guitars, which we will talk about later, connoisseur of coffee milk. Yes. Uh, And hot sauce. I mean, we got a lot of commonalities. We will will dive deep into that. Definitely. Uh, Fellow New Englander, me being formerly in New England, um and just you know the beard guy the guy who has a twitter account for his beard right am i right it it was my beard and then i grew my hair out and i was able to tie it back into like a little top knot and i think they rebranded to be um mike's top knot but they still have so many photos of my beard in there that I feel like top knot beard. It should just be renamed to Hardington's hair. That would have been, yeah. But anyways, Mike Hardington. Mike, how are you today? I'm doing well. I uh, I feel like you've summed me up in the most concise way that I've ever <laughs> heard somebody say. More, more times than I'm just like, introduce yourself. Like, oh, who am I? It's like, music, code coffee milk hot sauce that kind of something there it is I, say less if you don't have nothing to add then well let's just jump right into the questions <laughs> it's like enough said oh and you know lover of letter kenny slash shorzy which we may talk about as well so outstanding outstanding yes wondrous <laughs> um, keep it pg rated i guess uh, probably yeah but um yeah probably should probably should Actually, you know what no we don't have to not to to a certain level how's that pg-13 yeah um so ionic yes for those people who don't know have never used uh haven't heard of ionic tell us what ionic is so ionic is a framework for building mobile apps we give you a collection of ui components um a library to access native device apis and tools to uh build the app with the big factor being that it's all based on web technologies so if you know CSS, HTML, and a bit of JavaScript, uh, you too can build a mobile app by utilizing our components and uh, uh, companion libraries, um, which are all web standard based, uh, integrate with your favorite framework of choice. Um, so it's like building a website, just as easy, uh, and you get a mobile app for free. Yes. Um, and it is 100% free in MIT open source. I just I always forget that part. <laughs> yes, I uh, have been contributing a little bit myself with some accessibility stuff. 
I found that uh, when we initially met, and I don't, you'll have to refresh my memory of where that was. Because Connect I Tech 2021. It was like that, the first Connect Tech uh, since the before times. Yes. Um, I had heard you talking to somebody about that, about Ionic, and I'm like, let's check it out because I wanted to build an app and I wanted to build my lobster roll app. Um, so I checked it out and it attracted me because one, you can use Angular View, React, whatnot with it. Svelte? Is that there's some community uh, integration with Svelte and Svelte Kit, uh, but nothing um, 100% official. Um, we're we we keep an eye out on things. There's like so many frameworks these days that it's hard to know what to prioritize. Right, right. So that attracted me, along with the accessibility part, which we will talk about as well. The accessibility of Ionic is, I think, terrific. Um, that really was the, the deciding factor that pushed me to Ionic was a focus, it seems, of the developers and the whole team, you know, the, the company on uh, accessibility. Uh, can you talk about the, um, the focus on accessibility and why you because we see a lot of frameworks that aren't focused on accessibility for whatever reason so why the focus on accessibility is it not much of a of a sole solar solo focus but you know that's one of the focuses that the company that ionic has is accessibility so yeah, um, I guess like in the very, very early days of it, I think everyone was kind of in the same spot where I wouldn't say it wasn't a focus or a priority, but we weren't sure what we needed to do. Um, we hadn't really thought about it because we we'll, we don't use the tools and don't have to experience uh, using apps uh, with accessibility settings uh, turned on. So it was kind of an afterthought for us. Uh, and I feel like we've been paying paying back all the years that we weren't that accessible. Uh, but we had like serious conversations with companies who were using Ionic um, and needed to be uh, to some degree more accessible than what we what we were offering at the time. And so we needed to go through uh, and basically establish um, a ground rule, like what are things that we can do here what are things that we can do within the next major release because it requires a lot of work and we just started using the tools that people who need uh, a little bit of extra help um we started enabling voiceover on our phones and debugging all of the apps uh that way we started just experiencing what it was like to have to live in that realm mm -hmm. all the time mm -hmm. and i think that i wouldn't i wouldn't say it Sympathy might not, uh, empathy might not be the right word, but it definitely gave us a lot of sympathy for people who have to, 
uh, mm -hmm. because we can just turn those settings off and we can go on with our day. Mm -hmm. um, but we at least got a little understanding of how it was like. So once we realized where we were falling short, we said we took that plan, we kind of put it into place. And I think because it's a web project, first and foremost, you know, there's a lot that we can do to to muck it up real easily. Um, so it took a lot of just like teaching on ourselves, like, hey, let's look up some of the best practices in accessible markup, uh, making sure that we're not generating garbage HTML and that we're actually generating something that built-in controls can uh, tap into. And then looking at new web standards to find out, hey, is there any way we can get our web components to integrate with form controls? Um, and form integration. And so it's just, it's a, been a long process of seeing what's current, seeing what's coming and just, just testing it to see if it works. Yeah, definitely. And that's, you know, a lot of the time when I've done auditing mobile, the mobile side of things, yeah, I can usually tell right away if the uh, desktop version isn't very accessible and then mobile will fall most likely not be yeah so that focus that you all have is, is great and i mean we i mean we had one stream where we were working on a little bit of a, on that app that i was I'm building i asked you you know if you wanted to to help out and uh that's why I'm using Ionic. Ionic's just, I've looked at React Native. I've looked at Flutter. I've looked at, uh, there was one other thing I looked at, one other framework I looked at, and they didn't quite meet where I needed to be, but Ionic did. So I, I commend Ionic for, for doing that and, and all the work that you put into it. Um, so that was great. And helping out for me was great uh, because 7.2 came out and then I helped out a little bit with the um, issue that they had with um, text, text going to wrap instead of truncating text with an ellipsis because that can cause issues. Um, accessibility wise. So that was that was nice to be able to pass the information on that I knew was out there to the team in order for you, the team to make a decision that, you know, we're going to go with this instead of this because of this accessibility um issue. So that that was um that was great to see that. Um I think that I think that kind of you know goes to like a big point with a lot of our accessibility history is that it's not that we don't want to do any of this stuff it's we don't know um there's some there's a lot of information out there so uh you know getting feedback from the community definitely helps us understand what should we be doing and how should we be uh approaching the problem because what makes sense for us might not always make sense for um you know like the most accessible option. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So 7.2 is out. 
Um, and from, let's see, I've used Ionix not for very long, actually. So I would say, I think seven was my first. It might have been, it might have been before seven in somewhere in, in the late six version. But anyways, um, yeah, it, it's just great. I can't. It's like, I'm glad I found this. So, you know, I'm glad we got introduced to each other and I heard your conversation because, you know, that that's that changed the way that um, I was going to do a mobile app. So, you know. It's one of those things where it seems like it's the most logical and reasonable way to build something. Especially like with the complexity of a lot of um, other tools, so not to like sound like I'm trashing on other tools. There's a lot of additional things that you need to um, keep tabs on. Mm -hmm. You need to be mindful not only of the code that you write, but the code that gets generated or is uh, executed on the fly to render everything else. So it's this weird. I wouldn't say uncanny valley, but it's like a weird like area where am I responsible for any issues or is it tools that I'm using or or is it the runtime? It's this weird translation layer. Um, for us, it's like, oh, it's the browser. We know where things are going to go wrong. We know how things are going to uh, happen if they happen and we can be optimized that and help guide people towards a better path. Yes, definitely. And that actually ties into something that I'm doing currently. I'm doing an audit and they have, uh, they're using Ionic. So I'm be able to look at something from the outside in under the hood a little bit and they'd be like, okay, this is what's been generated, but this is not accessible. So I've been taking notes and I have some stuff ready for, uh, to contribute. Liam will look forward to that. <laughs> um, yeah, so no, I, I absolutely right. So my next question is going to be this, and I'm going to be a little bit of a curveball. So it's, um, native versus web app. Mm-hmm. Which pick, one? Pick your poison. Why not both? I mean, this it's a, it's a kind of an unfair question because this is what I do, and I spend most of my time in that cross-platform landscape, and I don't have to choose. I can mm -hmm. have my cake and eat it too uh, because of the way Ionic works. But if I have to go to a store and download an app, I instantly feel like an extra step of just... <sighs> It's extra work. I got to yeah. install. Now I got to do the face ID thingy where it's like website and a web app. I kind of know that that just because I've been using the web for most of my life. Um, so as a user, I'd rather have the web mm -hmm. as a dev and a maker. I'd rather have both and be able to cover all my bases. Right. Yeah. And it's, 
Ionic is just more than the framework too. Um, and in my, um, I guess in my learning, when I um, was reading through all the documentation, uh, your accessibility guide and everything, you know, you have AppFlow, you have who AppFlow, we have our mutual friend, Cecilia is on that team. Uh, capacitor, you have stencil on and on and on. Oh, a lot of great stuff here that helps, you know, with, I guess, creation of mobile apps. Not um, just not just mobile apps. I think like a lot of the times, like at our core, we are just like nerdy web developers and we want tools that, you know, work a certain way and work well. Yeah. And like our big thing is we have, let's say it's a problem, but we have uh, a habit of doing a bunch of open source projects and just open like a bunch of internal projects and then open sourcing them. Gotcha. Which is, it's just, just like, uh, you know, we make a lot of things, but those things turn out to be really, really good. And uh, we open them up and a lot of people are like, yes, these are also really, really good. We should be using these. So we cover everything from your components, like authoring to your frameworks, your uh, mobile app needs to your actual deployment of those mobile apps uh, through AppFlow and everything. So try to cover the whole gambit. And the community is terrific. Um, I got to mention this because you have a forum, you have the Discord stuff, you have a lot of events that you do online. You have, um, you have what? Uh, what am I missing here? Um, contributions on GitHub, of course. Um, YouTube channel. Uh, so. Um, DevRel, I wanted to talk about DevRel a little bit. What do, to you, in your opinion, uh, what makes a good DevRel? Um, somebody who is after talking with them, you leave that conversation feeling empowered and excited to go learn more about whatever you just talked about with them. A good DevRel is somebody who inspires people to want to go and do something and build and learn and teach it, inspires them to like, hey, I could do something like this. Um, I think I've had several people who throughout my DevRel career that I've looked up as like, that is a gold star uh, DevRel person, um, Kelsey Hightower, for, for example, for example, we're in completely different fields, but he is somebody who anytime I've seen him talk, I've just been like, oh, I should probably go look at some of this cloud stuff that he's talking about. And I'm not a cloud engineer, but I always leave feeling inspired and wanting to go do something and knowing that like, I might not think I'm great at it but he makes me feel like I could do this. Gotcha. Gotcha. I haven't heard anything uh, 
Kelsey has said, but I know I know of him in the community, and I've heard nothing but praise uh, about him. So, um, yeah, we know. I mean, my journey hasn't taken uh, effect yet, hopefully. But um, you know, I've been to conferences now in person for. Well, all of last year and some of this year, so it's going to be a couple of years since I've hit the conference circuit and I've seen a lot of different, yourself included, you know, we have our friend Krista Mars, we have Jeremy, um, we have, who else, who else am I missing? Boy, I've got names swirling around. Um, I mean, let's, let's, let's highlight him before he shows up and then gets the big head, Homer. Homer, definitely. I'm seeing one of his talks is one of those ones where I'm just like, I'm inspired, and I'm like, I feel incentivized to go do something and empowered to do something. Yep, Homer, definitely. You know, and many, 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 many more um, people who I look at, and that gives me that inspiration to just to go and and do these talks and and like learn about things like ionic for instance or you know um view and how diving back into view because i've been this year and last year <clears throat> i dove back into view to relearn view because i got put, pulled away from that um with all the accessibility stuff i was doing and now with the work uh that i'm doing on the on the app uh diving back into angular because last time i touched angular was when it first came out version one so <laughs> there's a lot to learn relearn yeah so um that kind of thing and when i think about it it, it pulled me out of burnout and i took a break for a while and you know hearing talks and seeing y'all talking up on stage engaging with the community was like this is what i needed to get to pull me out of that burnout and to get coding again and now when i'm doing coding even the littlest thing it's like i had that feeling back when i started coding when i started learning coding right I feel that feeling again. So I know I'm definitely out of the burnout and it's because of the community and, and hearing talks and, and all that. So, you know, um, community is, is terrific. Um, the going back to the Ionic community, you know, going on the discord or in the form, I haven't been in the forums yet. I don't think I can't remember now, but you know, the Ionic community is terrific, friendly, welcoming, um, lots of great people in there, lots of great community, uh, lots of great conversation. Um, I've learned a little bit myself. So um, on community, I guess tying that into the DevRel, how important is community to developer relations and how, you know, how does that all tie in to you? 
I mean, it's it's our it's our lifeline, really. Like, if we don't have a good community or a community that is that we're fostering, like, what are we really doing? Um, like, my my main goal is that at the end of the day, I want to be able to be able to take a uh, group of developers and. I want to be able to teach them and help them and then also enable them to go teach and help others. It's just the kind of giving back thing. So for the community, if a community doesn't grow, a DevRel has really nothing to do. Um, whether it's their community or they are in another community that uh, for like a tool that they integrate with. Um, but you need to have people there to be able to talk to, to be able to help and, you know, kind of spread uh, your, your, your message, more or less. Um, so if, if community doesn't foster and you don't know how to foster a good community, might as well, DevRel might as well not exist. Right, right, yeah. Um, another thing another question that I actually have um, now that I'm thinking about it there to me having kind of read up on, well, I've, I've read a lot on developer relations. I've also read a little bit about developer experience. So is there a difference between the two? There's a subtle difference. Um, the way I tend to break them down is you have uh, evangelism, advocacy, and experience. Where like a evangelist, in my my personal uh, like definition, is somebody who's clearly there to not push but to promote a product. Um, they're 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 trying to make sure people know, hey, um, this is a thing that exists, but here's also why this needs to exist. Uh, an advocate is somebody who can talk that, but if the conversation ends and they're like, hey, I don't think this is a tool for me, an advocate should be like, oh, cool, here's like a few more that could be of interest to you, and it could be a good fit. Um, I've spent most of my uh, role as an advocate and you have to be okay with not every tool is going to be applicable for, for a person. So uh, then with it, when it comes to developer experience, that tends to be more of, I am somebody who focuses on not just what the product can do, but how do people use it? And how do people get on, on board? Like we hear about this onboarding process of, I'm gonna go learn, Ionic framework. Well, now you need to have somebody who's responsible for understanding what's the journey going to be like from setting up your environment, starting your app, uh, being able to like build something and have a proof of concept. And then where do you go from there? Like, what are your next steps after that? And developer experience to me focuses a lot on that that journey and that story and how your tools can work with other tools out there. Um, it's a lot of a, it's a lot of, you know, handshaking and 
meeting people, doing the introductions, being like the, all right, everybody shake your hands and then pulling them together and say, hey, do you guys know, do you guys know each other? We should talk. Um, that that's to me what it is. Um, yeah. It's a very, it's a very nuanced uh, kind of job experience. Um, and at some point, all three of those kind of like intermingle, but it is definitely, uh, there's a clear separation in what somebody should be focusing on. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's, that's great. So we're a little past the halfway point, which means, um, we have to start talking about guitars. And so my first question is going to be, how'd you get into building guitars? My See, guitar. I like the, I like the color. I love the I love that that so I it's a it's a nice surf green. My um all right, so how did I get into guitars? Uh I played because my older brother played guitar and um at some point you just want to do and say i'm cool i'm hip <laughs> um so i got into guitar and then my high school at the time was doing this thing where in order to graduate you had to do what's called senior project uh where it's just like a, hey we want to know do you know how to learn doesn't have to be anything that you're doing for college doesn't have to be anything that you learned here but show us that you know how to take a project make a thing and then give us a report in a like a an oral presentation on your on your topic and present it to the school board and let us know if you uh if you high schooled correctly uh, <laughs> more or less I, I don't know if it was like one of those things where it's like oh now we need to prove that we're actually doing our jobs so i thought about what i was interested in at the time and it was a lot of music and art and doing all bunch of makey things uh and so i was like i'm gonna build a guitar it can't be that hard it is very challenging it is very difficult to do um had a wonderful mentor who uh was able to like he was a woodworker first and a carpenter and he's like i, I know nothing about building guitars but i know how to make things and i know what details i need to look for first and foremost so I can help you, but you know, do some do your own research too, and I can just be a a, a voice for you. But cool, that's all I needed. And I built a copy of a Fender Strat with okay. like cheap parts that I ripped off from another donor guitar, um, and it came out horrible. Out of there were two other people who'd built guitars, and theirs were far better than mine. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those things where it's like, oh, I really enjoyed this. This is a lot of fun. And so after college and once I got like the equipment and tools, I just started figuring out, I need to build a guitar. I have too much time on my hands. I need to go build something. Um, and so I just started building guitars mostly because I wanted something special and it was fun. And you, I think I saw one of your pictures that you may have posted on what I call Twixter now. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> you have quite a few that you've built. How many? How many do you have? Let's see. Uh. <laughs> so this is one that I built. Uh, is very similar to the other one, but there's some slight uh, differences in like the switches, the uh, overall size. This is one that I built for myself most recently. I did an acoustic. I got the other one that I built, the two green ones, an acoustic that I uh, gifted to a friend. I'm working on a, another guitar right now for... Um, somebody in the community we met at a conference and i was like oh yeah i build guitars he goes can, can you build me a guitar I was like, <laughs> let's talk are you serious about this he goes oh no i'm dead serious and so i've been building that uh since deaf nexus so since april um okay. it's been a it's been a long uh arduous process because buying parts and materials are st it's still a bit of a nightmare getting stuff shipped in uh but it's uh yeah so like you know four or five guitars okay. at any given given moment okay and, and then it, the ones that i that i i just bought right right okay <clears throat> so you got the bug to build uh guitars yeah i i i know somebody who built or builds guitars as well from from his house um and yeah he says the same thing very challenging and, but it, he loves doing it and he's built i don't remember how many he's built but he's built a lot of them for people and um he plays uh he lives in maine um but yeah that's like if I had the time, I would probably, that's one of the things I'd probably do, but rarely do I have time. Um, oh, I definitely don't have time. Um, <laughs> a lot of what I build is uh, to the detriment of my sleep schedule. Mm. Um, but it sounds super corny to say it. it is very much just like it scratches an itch and yeah. um like I, it's the same kind of itch that I'm scratching. If I like, I build something cool, like in a in like or build a cool app, because like mm -hmm. I'm creating something, but it's different because it's a physical process, and yes. you get that feedback loop. And if you mess up, there's no Control Z or Command Z. <laughs> you gotta you gotta yeah. figure out what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm gonna switch now to what some of our friends have called heresy and that oh. is that is yeah i know it's it's awful i tend to ignore the the haters but it's it's coffee milk and coffee milk if you know you know if you know you know um i was gifted by you not too long ago with a spectacular uh jug of autocrat which the angels sang and harps played was it a gallon jug 
it was the big it was the like gallon half gallon jug i think it was a gallon jug or sure three points 3.75 liters for the uh non non-us folk yes um and it when when i got it our, our one of our mutuals uh mr demars who's been on the podcast um also one of the non-believers as well <laughs> um yeah i was as giddy as a schoolgirl um when when that came um the thing that gets me those it everyone who hates it has never had it like exactly. if you have it you you'll know that's why if you know you know exactly uh mark noonan who we know he has it he's had it he he likes it yeah but then again you know we have people like jeremy who's who's kind of a coffee snob so Ooh. <laughs> um for those who don't know what coffee milk is enlighten them please okay so um it is a drink with milk and if you've ever had chocolate milk it's a syrup with chocolate flavoring it's a similar concept milk but the syrup has a coffee extract flavor so it's a very sweet delicious light drink that there are there's no wrong time to have coffee milk but the really good time to have coffee milk is either when you're a kid and you want to feel like you're drinking a cup of coffee like your parents or if you go to what's called the new york systems here in rhode island uh they have these things called hot wieners with a meat sauce, onions, mustard, celery salt. Uh, the one rule that you get if you come to Rhode Island and you go to New York system, just say three all the way in a coffee milk, they will know what you're talking about. They'll give you them. You'll have the large thing of, of coffee milk. It's like some kind of chemical reaction. Once it hits your stomach and you just like eat it, you just feel happiness. Secure for any kind of just like blues that you're going through. It's like, Three all the way, coffee, milk, happy. I drove three, three or four hours for lunch one day down to Olneyville just to say, just to say three all the way in a coffee, milk. If the, if a guy Fieri is like, oh yeah, you got to go get some uh, hot weenies and coffee, milk. Who am I to argue? Um, the fun story of that, I will go off topic on this. My uh, fun story with, uh, with with New York System is in Oneyville specifically, my dad growing up said he would go there. And this was before there were like health and regulations in restaurants. It's kind of a bigger set, heavy guy sweating behind a grill all day. Takes his arm out, lines him up with hot dog buns, starts putting all the hot dogs in there and lining him up with sauce, kind of just like dragging it across his arm. And he'd be like, oh, if I could be so lucky just to get the few that are up there towards the pit, it would be extra salty. <laughs> oh, that's great. 
That's great. I think the last time I was there, they were still doing the arm thing, but that was before they got tut by the by the health inspector. They now they now wear gloves, probably for the best, but nostalgia. And you know, every time I see a food show that has been there. It's the same people that were there when I was there the few times that I had been there. So it's like the owner. I know who the owner is just by, you know, oh, that's the owner. It's and, a it's a very family run kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, the Onyville one specifically, like that is the same family that has always owned that New York system mm -hmm. and probably always will. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a Rhode Island staple, and you can't go wrong. No, no. And then there's like a couple of guys that have, that uh, I've seen on on TV that are behind there doing their thing, and it's like I've been served by that guy. I've been served by that guy. So definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, so now that we've talked about coffee milk and the ideal three all the way and a coffee milk. See, I won't go for three all the way. I do no mustard and onions. Really? I'm not. Nobody's perfect. No. Everyone still has their though. flaws. Still, though, it, it it's a Rhode Island hot wiener. So, yeah. Can't go wrong. No matter what you put on it. No. Hot sauces. You, you got, got my mouth. You got my mouth tingling already from the thought <laughs> of uh, some sauces. I I sent you some of uh, Arizona's for well, Phoenix's finest. I think. Uh, what'd you think? Uh, I like them. They're they have the good balance of flavor and heat, but not so much heat where you hate everything for like 30, 40 minutes. Um, I've had some from Kansas City where there's no flavor. Mm -hmm. There is no joy. Mm -hmm. There is only pain. And <laughs> oh. Uh speaking of pain, I was gifted with a bottle, excuse me, a bottle of what's called 100% pain. And I can tell you it's not high up on the Scoville scale, but it is a distant cousin of the bomb. I already know that flavor and pain, uh, like without even going into anything else. There's a very specific flavor palette. Yep. Battery acid. Yeah. And it's not... So 100% pain does have some taste, but you have to fight through the pain to get to that taste. This is a slap in the face and then a punch <laughs> to the gut kind of hot sauce. But we'll that, at least just say, it's been a long time. Yes. Nice to see you. 
Yes, exactly. Um, but I will say, in a chili, that could work. Oh, yeah. But you got to have like a big five-gallon thing of chili and yeah. have, I don't know, a sixteenth of a teaspoon to drop that in there. Maybe less. Yes, definitely, because <laughs> that... The, I felt my soul being pulled out of me like uh, Harry Potter when one of those things was sucking his his magic out of him or whatever it was. Um, they were watching Harry Potter last night here. So um, that was happening. Um, a good hot sauce to you contains what? Uh, heat, first and foremost. Uh, if you don't have any heat, might as well just be having Tabasco. Um, yes. See if that see if that gets any angry comments. Okay. Um, heat, flavor. Um, I'm particular to like a a dry, almost fruitiness. Um, mm. Like I like I like it to be almost like um, like 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 a nice red wine like there's almost like a little dry notes to it and you're kind of just like hmm it coats the mouth really good uh leaves leaves the lips tingling a bit but in a in a reasonable amount i'm not hating life while trying <laughs> to trying to have it um i'd rather not do that so mm -hmm. heat but enough to like be like ooh Ooh, this is a good pick me up and a good dry uh like fruitiness to it i sent you the mango you did Habanero. yes yes very good it's got a little bit of that kick to it but it is a very good flavor first and foremost yeah yeah they make a they they make good ones they actually came out with a line of of uh I think they called it limited reserve, but I just want to make sure real quick here. They have a blackberry. Oh, sorry. Raspberry Chipotle hot sauce. I'm not a raspberry flavor fan, but raspberry Chipotle, I'll give it a go. They have jerk sauces, uh, marinades. We we just had actually blackberry rum. Uh, I used it to marinate some chicken breasts, and the chicken came out just. It tasted terrific. Um, yeah, the limited edition stuff. So they have a chimichurri reaper. They have black cherry, black garlic. Uh, mm -hmm. lemon pepper pineapple five spice so they have a lot of, of uh yeah they have a lot of good ones that i bought that i <laughs> probably i ended up buying 20 bottles so i have 20 bottles in my pantry that's a lot of hot sauce that is a lot of hot sauce they have a smoky mango habanero so I have two bottles of that. Maybe that'll find its way to your neck of the woods. 
Todd. Uh, there is a good one, Mad Dog 357, which mm-hmm. burns. It's got a lot of heat, but it's also it's nostalgic for me because that's what me and my roommates would like do uh, a hot sauce challenge on like some little uh, chips. We just do like a little drop of that, and uh, it's always fun to try it to the people who are on unex- un- like they're not quite sure what to expect, and they have and they're like. This is really hot. Can I get some ice cream or milk or ice or or something? It's like, yes, you can. But welcome, come hang out. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, so we're getting down to time here. That went quick. Um, what do you have going on uh, coming up that uh, people can find you at? As far as you've got conferences before. I know that um, I'll be seeing you in October, late October at Connect Tech yep. in Atlanta. Do you have anything coming up before them? Oh, Ionic Conf. Again. Obviously, Ionic Conf. Yes. Um, I'll be, yeah, so I'll be at Beer City this weekend. Um, I got uh, some stuff going on in New York. I'm going to be at a Droid Con, which is always going to be fun. Uh, but Connect Tech, Ionaconf, those are probably going to be the uh, Connect Tech, all things open, then, uh, um, no, no, hold on a second, order's right, Ionaconf, all things open, Connect Tech, uh, kind of three back to back to back, and then I take a little bit of a break. Yeah. Because all things open is this, I think right around the same time Magnolia is, I'll be at Magnolia. Yeah, it's going to be uh, one of our big ones. And uh, while I want to go to Magnolia, it's one of those ones where I got to go for I got to go for all the uh, all the business stuff. But it is a fun event and it's a painful time of the year because you want to go with go to the ones with your friends, but you also want to go to the other ones. And I hate having to choose. Yes, definitely. Definitely. If I could clone myself. And go to both of them, I would. Um, so you got those going on. Um anything else uh going on? You doing any pod um you did you recently had an ionic event two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? Two to three weeks ago. Yeah. It feels like it was sooner. Um yeah, we did a live stream on YouTube. It was a good number of people uh, hanging out in the chat. Todd, you were in the chat the whole entire time. Um, it was really fun. Uh, I get to hear updates from all the people at uh, you know behind the scenes in Ionic who are helping build the products themselves. Um, we got to. We'll probably do another one of those later on in the year. But Ionic Hop is going to be our our next one where we highlight all the cool stuff that we have planned. Um, and I'll be, I'll be jumping in on a little bit more streams, uh, uh, coming up soon. I think those are going to be, those are going to be making a comeback in my, uh, schedule just because they're fun to do and they're, it's a great time hanging out with people. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, we'll be doing a stream at some point working on that app. Yes. Yes, we will be doing that. Yes, we have to button down a date on that, but um, we'll get that out there. Um, 
trying to think of anything else before we wrap this up. Um, conferences, blah, 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 blah. Um, geez, I don't know. I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be about just everything. Yep. Outstanding. Well, yeah um mike thank you for coming on today um always good to talk to you and it was good to talk symbiotic and in hot sauce and coffee milk and hopefully mm -hmm. we hear from our coffee milk detractors i just want to make fun of them coffee milk detractors don't knock it if you haven't tried it and if you've tried it and hate it I will understand, but if you haven't tried it, don't, yeah. don't, don't yeah. hate. You'll, you'll know once you'll know what we're talking about once you actually have it and understand. Then it's like, oh, I see why they like this. Yeah, don't knock it until you try it. So I've been saying since day one. So, yeah. Um, anything else? Last minute. Last second. Come hang out with me and Todd on our next stream together. Whenever yeah. that happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, the, got, that's all I got. The the sound effects when you subscribe and give out uh or use points and sub, uh give out subscriptions are really fun. It's uh Shorzy, which we didn't talk about letter Kenny or Shorzy, but I'm I'm still anticipating season two of shorzy oh i can't i cannot wait for that you know yeah. you know how they say that somebody's going to really be happy for for something and then it shows up and they are the happy for it that's how i'm going to be for shorzy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic i'll try not to cry <laughs> just like shorzy whenever he hears the canadian national anthem yeah. Getting peppered over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, with that, uh, thank you again for coming on. I appreciate it. And uh, can't wait to see you soon. Um, geez, when was that? Connect Tech. Boy, that's going to be another, another couple months at least. So feels like it's going to be a little bit but trust me time flies my friend time it flies. sure does it sure does so that wraps up this episode mm -hmm. of the front end nerdy podcast uh catch us next time new guests new chats about other stuff um boy what a low budget program i got going on here because i don't have a sheet i work i just work off the cuff so um yeah, God, do uh, not apologize for just doing it like that. It means that you still care because you just you want it to come from the heart. Yes, exactly. Um, like us, subscribe on our YouTube channel, uh, rate us on podcast app of your choice, um, all that good stuff. And again, thank you very much. And uh, we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.